Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 204. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Reverse Andy. Um, okay. What? It's because we watched the movie Tenet this weekend. Oh, <clears throat> of course. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and uh, check out our sports podcast uh, while you're at it after this. But uh, a lot of good stuff to get into today, Andy. Uh, as I mentioned, Tenet, we'll, uh, we'll get into that at the end of the show. Uh, we uh, were able to watch that finally, you know, four years later. Uh, should we kick things off, though, with the uh, geeks taking over Wall Street? Sure. I don't I don't think it's as simple as that, but yeah, it's not. It's so obviously I think everyone at this point's heard about it. And just a couple of things really quick to point out. At market close today, GameStop is now trading at under a hundred bucks a share. Its all time high was four hundred and eighty three dollars a share. And uh just a few days ago even, it was trading about two fifty a share. Two dollars and fifty cents a share. So I saw um, a billboard in Times Square. Someone had rented it out and it just said game GME, the stock ticker, uh, go burr. And then an airplane pilot or guy was hired to fly an airplane banner around San Francisco. Did you see this, Andy? No. Well, <laughs> that's where Robin Hood is headquartered. And oh, yeah. uh, the banner read. Suck my nuts, Robin Hood. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> pretty ridiculous. And uh, obviously, hedge funds are crying, and uh, people are boycotting Robin Hood and this and that. And it's like, well, they weren't the only one that, you know, shut down trading for uh, GameStop. The GameStop. What's your take off road? Yeah, this has been a, a crazy story. I mean, I I forgot. I want to talk about it last week, which was before it really went like mainstream here. But uh, yeah, I mean, the games, the story of the GameStop stock of the last like year or so has been kind of interesting. Where uh, it was really, really low about six months ago around the summer, uh, because it's a failing company. Like if you just look at it, it's yeah, it's the next blockbuster. That's what everyone thought because it sells physical games and right now it's just way easier to just buy a game from the microsoft store directly from your xbox or the playstation store directly from your playstation so it's a failing business model um yep. it just seemed like the company on its way out it's taking losses it's i don't know it's not not in a great position uh so of course some a bunch of hedge funds including one like shorted it would meaning as the stock price goes down they make money but of course they shorted it when it was at a very very low price and uh really since the middle of the year it's actually it started to climb a bit um that there's a guy on reddit saying like actually this company isn't as in as bad of a shape as you think um and i'm gonna go i'm gonna buy it and uh, other people were in on it as well including uh michael burry of the big shorts of course oh i didn't hear that uh, character he was saying i'm looking at the financials this company is better off than the stock price is showing right now so i'm gonna buy but i don't think anyone expected this which was uh 
they were thinking, oh, I might this might go up to you know ten dollars or something. I'm buying at four. I might be able to sell this at ten down the line. Well, of course, what happened uh, so earlier this month is that there was a post on Reddit that this hedge fund had so many taken out so many shorts against this that there weren't enough of real stock to actually, you know, for the hedge fund to buy enough shares to actually meet the obligation there. And if everyone just got together and bought and bought and bought, the price would end up skyrocketing because this company would be forced to also buy shares to meet their uh, short obligations. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. They, it's people were able to success, successfully manipulate the, the stock market here. And One thing that's funny that I heard in a podcast, I think earlier today, uh, so Elon Musk got involved and he tweeted Game Stonk. And uh, I guess that hedge fund company that shorted it so badly that nearly got wiped out, they shorted Tesla way back when, when they were kind of on the uh, down and uh, really hurt that company with the intentions of kind of taking them under. So I thought that was awesome that, you know, he got to kind of have his little revenge on those pieces of shit. Well, so here's the thing is Tesla's another way overvalued stock. I mean, I don't know if you've heard, but like Tesla's market cap is more than the entire rest of the auto industry. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not really going to, I don't know the specifics on that. I, I don't own any of their stock because, yeah, it's insane. But So they're, they're one of those cases where it's like there's no actual reason for their stock to be as high as it is. They, they don't even make a profit right now. I think that's uh, because they have that $30,000 one, whatever it is, and people our age can afford that. And so they think it's cool to buy Tesla stock too. So you have a lot of people who – are the retail investors, so to speak, that are buying uh, Tesla as well. But then the professionals get involved when they see this trend going. So that's what would drive me crazy about this whole thing is that they try to frame it as just regular people sticking it to the man, sticking it to big Wall Street here. Oh, they're Um, getting in on it too. But yeah, clearly during this, the big jump, um, professional investors invested in uh and then the, the problem is that because it trading over a hundred dollars makes no sense everyone knows eventually it w- it's going to go down there are going to be regular people who are going to lose decent money here and i actually went to this wall street bets uh reddit page the other day and they're all you know hold the line and this and that and like posting screenshots of thousands of dollars of their own money assuming it's their screenshot lost and it's like what are you doing yeah so like the one guy so it turned out the guy who was like who made the first post saying this is actually a pretty good stock that he used to work professionally he was like a financial planner uh but just has been trading on his own so the thing is he invested 50 grand so he's he has 50 grand to invest and he invested in one company that means that guy probably had uh, quite a bit of money to invest because it'd be pretty stupid to yeah. put your entire life savings in one company. And I'm sure that guy was smart enough to know. Especially GameStop, unless you really believe. Yeah. Well, he believed, but even then, if you really believed, he, if you had 50000 to put in them, that means he probably had like 300000 Yeah, you know, at least. Wait. He's not like the, uh, the poor guy who's making some money off this. This guy is probably a well-off uh, guy, so... But yeah, at one point, I think he had uh, his portfolio in GameStop was like 50 million. And 
he's part of this. Let's let's hold. Let's hold because like if he loses, he's still gonna make out pretty crazily if he, you know, as long as he doesn't wait for it to hit, to bottom out. Uh, but like he can he can st- withstand to lose to have to see fifty million dollars go down to twenty five million dollars because number one he's probably already somewhat wealthy and then it's twenty five million dollars yeah he's walk away with a lot of money whereas someone who let's say puts in ten thousand uh, dollars buying at two hundred dollars and now has to sell it at twenty dollars and that person's out you know nine grand it's like that's that's gonna hurt people that's life ending worthy. Yeah, so that that's that's the concern here. So this is not going to be like, yeah, the, the main victim here is that one hedge fund who I think already got bought out. Um, and on top of that, they're able to, they can continue to, because they got bought out, they can continue to uh, do this. And if you wanted to short GameStop when it was at 350 bucks and now it's down to 90 as of today, it's like there's a lot of people who could have made money off the, decline as well so that would have been a pretty brilliant move because again how long can they hold the line you know yeah that that's and, and once you get in more money so it just as one guy figured out that th- this place overextended itself and if we just manipulated a bit it's gonna skyrocket and i was like oh that guy did a good job but like did he really do anything for the world <laughs> it, it, it's similar it's similar to michael burry where um he was brilliant. He figured out that the world was going to be for the economy. I was thinking that when you said it, it's funny he got involved uh, early on. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like he was kind of like a hero in that story, except not really. All he did was just get rich off the the misery of uh, everyone else. Although it's not it wasn't his fault, but he also it's not like he really did anything. <laughs> uh, he yeah. found the. I'll defend him all day long. He found the uh, the the failing. Way yeah. before anyone else could. No, I mean he 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 did a great job, but he didn't help humanity anyway. Not not that the, that's his responsibility. It's just like uh, yeah, he's not Superman. Basically, all he did is a lot of people got poor. He's he got Batman. rich. That's what happens with these with these things. So um, maybe Michael Murray is shaping himself up to become Batman now. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I don't think he was uh, <laughs> any desire to do that. Can Batman have Aspergers? Uh, I'm sure that's already been written in a comic before. Yeah. So many alternate timelines. I le- By the way, that movie, uh, Big Short, is on uh, sale in iTunes for eight bucks right now. I don't know if that's a great deal, but. Well, it often movie. is fourteen ninety nine. So, yeah, I, I don't, don't buy it because it periodically will resurface on uh, Amazon Prime, but not prime it'll be like free with commercials kind of thing that they do on there so it was recently on there for that uh so i got my fix maybe two months ago of that i have to watch that every like 10 to 14 months otherwise i kind of get upset well can i short the price of the big short i i'd like them to shorten the price i'd buy it at five bucks at 4.99 i'd probably buy it you lend me the movie now i will send it sell it to someone on the street for $14 and then I'll buy it back six months later when it's on sale for $4. And you know what? I'd like to bet that you'll be able to do that. And then someone behind me will make a bet that you can't do that. But then they won't really good odds though. Have someone buy up all the copies of the big short, knowing that I had this deal and just fuck me over. Yeah. 
So that, that's what's funny about this is that this is what this is very similar to is that lady who buys all the toilet paper, you know, in March. It's very similar to that. Those people were fucking villains. Yeah. While they're terrible people, people. they're heroes. Um, and you know what? I'm going to buy all the GameStop stock. Picturing. I just watched Batman Two: the Dark Knight, uh, not rises, the, the Joker one, where the Joker's sitting on that pile of money and he lights it on a fire. That could be that dumb lady with uh, toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know whatever happened. I mean, obviously, the toilet paper market stabilized a bit. Yeah, but you still go to Costco and they have, you know, the extra space where they put like pumpkins and stuff in the uh, frozen aisle area. It's full of toilet paper still. What yep. is going on with people? This isn't a, a diarrhea virus. Yeah, I mean, paper towels are still hard to get. They still have limits on them and everything. I don't understand the Clorox thing. Like, I, I have not bought any Clorox. I give a shit. I'll wash my hands with water. Does bleach do anything? I don't know. I think people are drinking it or something. But like you walk past that aisle when you're at Costco or Target or wherever, and it's empty. And it's like, I never bought any of that to begin with. So from what I know about bleach is that if people are drinking it, uh, they're no longer going to be customers at that store anymore because they're going to be dead. So maybe. Uh, I like Carly could probably do it. Well, uh, another crazy part of this story is that, you know, Netflix has already got the rights to it. You saw this? I heard this was their experiment all along. They're funding all of this. Uh, they've probably got a weird stock. I mean, they're they're one of those companies that's never made a profit that has a big stock price. Uh, like Snapchat. What, yeah, it's like, what is... Does None of this makes sense. Like, you can't... A stock price should represent what a company is earning. And if a company never has figured out how to be profitable, then their stock shouldn't be worth anything, but... You know, they're um, good for it. It's all like dumb and dumber theology. I mean, that's that's me coming from an accounting mind. That's that's the problem. I don't have these big finance brains. You know, I'm I'm an accountant. I'm like, you're not making money. You're going to go out of business. Um, that's my perspective on this. So uh, that's why I don't get involved in, in the, the market. I just don't have the uh, creativity for it. I have $2,000 in the market. Well, yeah, I, I have of I'm up tremendously. I, I should I say I only have like 600 bucks of my own money in the market. Yeah. OK, well, let's move on. Um, this could be scandal related. It happened late today. I uh, didn't really look into it because I didn't care. But Bezos is stepping down as CEO of Amazon and will go into a, a smaller role, uh, I think, in a few months. Well, he's going to be the chairman of the board, which is still an important role. But yeah, it's it, that's the role you can golf a lot more in. Yeah. So, I don't know. Seems kind of crazy. It's not scandal related. Just it's not yet. Maybe he's yeah. ahead of the storm. No, I think I think at a certain point uh, they want to get out of the light. It, it reminds me a lot of Bill Gates, who actually, I mean, he he stepped down way earlier than Bezos did. But like when your company starts getting a lot of criticism, just like. Hurry, I'm going to stop being the CEO. I don't want Under to go so to- much stress. He's like, he already lost all his hair. <laughs> like it sucks. He spends most of his time going to Congress and talking to idiots and we're like, well, what is your company? And like, yeah, and it's like now he doesn't have to do that. Now he just gets to go to board meetings and shake hands. Well, he needs and- a guy like Ehrlich to go to Congress. And the thing is, he never took a salary at Amazon because he is the world's richest man because of the stock price. Yeah. So 
It's not like he's losing that great salary. Unless so. the nerds somehow figure out on, on Reddit how to short it and destroy it or something. <laughs> Good luck. They might be working on it. I don't know. Yeah. I think GameStop was easy to manipulate because it's GameStop and it's yeah. small. That's small potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Well, moving right along here. Um, you might not understand this. I don't know. How, how do you, is your phone, do you lock it? How do you unlock your phone? I don't have any locks on it. I just swipe. Oh, so any iPhone with all screen means you no longer have that thumbprint scanner on there, which also means in uh, today's uh, society, when you're outside, you're always plugging in that passcode because you're wearing a damn face covering, uh, which gets mighty annoying, especially if you're at Costco and you're looking up a grocery list, but you have to continuously unlock your phone to look at that grocery list. Well, Apple is working on a fix for that, Andy. Are you ready for this? Yeah. So they just released 14.5 beta. So it's not out to the public yet, but it'll allow you to unlock your phone so long as you have your Apple Watch on, unlocked, and on your person. Uh, So while you're wearing a face covering, if you have your Apple Watch, similar to how people can use their watch to unlock their new MacBook Pros, you can be doing that with your phone uh, while you're wearing a face covering. It's phenomenal. Uh, we've arrived, Andy. It's nice, but uh, I kind of have a feeling the uh, face coverings are not that long for the world. Um, I think we'll, we'll continue to wear them actually in, in certain spots for forever. But like as far as like everywhere at all times in every store, uh, I'm I'm pretty optimistic. I, I like where we're headed. God bless so. you, Andy. But nonetheless, it, as long as it comes out soon, I don't know what took them so long. I know they have been working on things, but uh, for the immediate future, it'll come in handy. Yeah, I mean, I just it'd be nice if it was six months ago, right? Although, like I said, I don't have this problem at all. I. I don't put security on my phone. What's on there? What are you going to get? Well, it's just an expensive phone if it gets stolen. Okay. It never leaves my sight. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't have anything valuable on here. I mean, everything would be locked, my bank accounts and all that stuff. But nonetheless, I I want it to be able to be locked. So if someone steals it, they're screwed. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's uh, move on into some uh, other news. Screech. Passed away at the age of 44, uh, lung cancer, and he was a non-smoker. I, yeah, I didn't hear that part of it. I just knew it was stage four cancer. That's what we said like last week, right? Yeah, Two so weeks. he was basically rushed to the hospital a couple of weeks ago and uh, with ache, aches and pains all over his body. So what that sounds like is it was just never caught, and so that cancer spread throughout his whole body, really. Uh, yeah, so. yeah at, at that age, you're not getting regular screenings and yeah pretty crazy pretty big bummer that means we definitely will not see him any sequels to the saved by the bell um yeah yeah i mean that's sad when i mean if you read that statement from his i think his manager whoever it was to say like can be honest like this guy had issues uh but he that doesn't mean he was a bad guy and he just he he didn't actually get his really his chance at redemption here Mm -hmm. whether that would have ever happened or not it just that's I think what people remember is, oh, the, he stabbed a guy, right? That's what the last 10 years of Dustin Diamond, that's news. 
Um, well, let's uh, go back in time for a second. I was thinking about some of his funnier moments on that show today. Do you remember when, and this was way ahead of its time, he wins the beauty pageant? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it all runs together at this point. That sounds like something that happened. But. So he wants to be in the pageant, and everyone's like, no, you're a boy. You can't do yeah. that. And uh, I believe he even brings Kevin in for his like talent part. And I mean, obviously like Jesse and Kelly and probably Lisa were in the show too, or the talent show or beauty pageant, whatever it was called. And uh, no, he ends up winning the whole thing. And everyone's yeah. like, that's so beautiful. That was the show in the nineties. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it, it was a show that had a lot of heart, you know, and you should have Peter smoke. Engel. Yeah. Taught a lot of life lessons. Uh, but yeah, it, it, he was so important to that that show. Like he wasn't the main character, but he probably was the most important in that he was definitely the comic relief and was the guy that everyone made fun of and everything. And like, I don't know, it worked. Like the show doesn't work without that character. No, I mean, every show kind of has something similar. You know, you have... Kramer, you have Charlie and Always Sunny. That specific kind of thing where they're the, you know, kind of wacky or just out there character. The wild card. Yeah, exactly. See, Charlie knows. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it is. It is sad that I mean, with the with the revival here, and I mean, maybe there was a chance at some sort of reconciliation because I think that the fans of the show can put that the whatever happened behind them. I mean, the fans like, of the well, show don't care. I, I don't think at all. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, it, it does remind me now of, uh, you know, Brad from Home Improvement. The last thing we heard about him was yeah. bad news. Let's hope uh, there's something there. Reconciliation for him. Yeah, but I mean, as far as Home Improvement, I don't think so. I think it's. You don't think so? I don't think so, Tim. <laughs> I think it's just going to be about his History Channel uh, reality show with uh, Al Borland. But who knows? Maybe this reignites something for him. There, there's a spark there, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's there's news every day about things. I saw like oh, Frasier, Frasier. There's definitely going to be a Frasier revival, and it's like yeah, who needs that? Doesn't do anything for me. No, but someone needs it. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Is that Kelsey Grammer? Murphy Brown? Who's do you remember? Who, they, is they, that Kelsey Grammer? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. They did a revival of Murphy Brown, and it's like, what? Why does that? That doesn't need to happen at all. I could do a revival of Different Strokes or Three's Company. Well, yeah, those are hard because they're probably very offensive or something. I mean, John Ritter's dead. Well, Can't come do on, Andy. Company. Gary Coleman's definitely dead, right? He did right after he ran for governor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be hard to do. <laughs> I didn't. I guess I, I should have specified. Uh, it didn't have to be the same people. Oh, right. Yeah. It'd be very weird. Three's company. All those people are like in their seventies. If they were all still alive, why th- would the three of them be living yeah. together in a, a two bedroom apartment? Yeah. I guess Although, they got, like, they lost a lot of money in GameStop. Yeah. And the whole premise there was the guy had to pretend to be gay. Cause you couldn't have males. Yeah, Mr. Furley wouldn't ha- have any of that kind of stuff going on. Uh, not in his <laughs> little uh, apartment complex. Yeah, I don't think that's too much of a problem. <laughs> okay, well, let's move on to some uh, movie news. Tell us about the sequel to Cloverfield. 
Uh, this is exciting. Do you remember Cloverfield, the like the original back? From... I don't think I ever saw it. The only one I think I saw was John Goodman's. Okay, well, the, the original Cloverfield's it, cool idea of I like. I think the whole like... thing. I just remember hearing, "Oh, it's shaky." Like it gives you a headache because it's just some guy running, holding a camera. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a uh, T.J. Miller was actually the uh, guy behind the camera, so he's the voice the whole time before he went uh, berserk. Yeah, way before this was a long time ago. But it was a fun movie, a fun, a fun Godzilla movie where you never get to see the monster. You just know there's like shit going down and buildings are falling apart and people are running away. It was a really the cool idea way to do it. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was low budget and everything. You and let JJ the Abrams viewer paint it. the picture of what the uh, horrifying creature looks like. That's why everyone says a book is better than the movie, because a book leaves it to your imagination. Yeah, well, some books have pictures. I don't not many. <laughs> But uh, it 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 was really cool, and then years later they did this uh, the John Goodman movie, which was not written as a Cloverfield movie, but they decided to at the end have what we tied in and say it's all related to that original movie. Then they did another one a couple years back, which sucked. But um, it they just made this oh the Cloverfield franchise. But uh, finally, they're actually going to do a direct sequel addressing the actual monster that happened in Cloverfield and. I don't know all the details. It sounds very early, but uh, it's something that's happening. And I like Abrams when he's not the writer and director of the movie. Uh, when he gets to just be like an idea guy behind the scenes, I think he's good. But like mm-hmm. when you hand him Star Wars uh, Episode Nine without a script and he's like, fuck it, I don't know. Just go crazy like that didn't work. Yeah, well, any update on when that's supposed to come out? Well, they just they hired someone to write it at this point. They hired a screenwriter. That was the news. So not this so, year. <laughs> yeah. A little ways away. All right. And it will not be directed by Matt Reeves, who's the, the director of the original. Uh, he's he's a busy guy. He's uh, doing the Batman. So Uh-oh. he's not going to slum it back with Cloverfield. Will it be directed by uh, Yorgos Latimos? That would be quite interesting. I'd like to see that take. It would be very existential about what it means to be a human in a world with monsters and who is the real monster. Yeah. Because I'm sure that's what his uh, next film is going to be about. I'm excited about this. So uh, Yorgos Lanthimos is the, the lobster Greek director. Too. Yeah, the lobster killing the sacred deer. And then the favorite, which was a, a big Oscar contender, uh, I think uh, best actress winner. Why is all movie. the... Uh... Artwork for these uh, films, the exact same. Is it? That's scary. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's he's very interesting. Does he uh, do I, the jacket also? Maybe. You don't know. I mean, maybe he just works with the, the same person. But he's uh, bringing, doing another movie, uh, coming back with Emma Stone. It is called Poor Things, and it is a, uh, a crazy premise. Uh, it seems like a take on Frankenstein where a, a guy, like a, his wife drowns herself and then he reanimates her with the brain of her unborn child which sounds uh, horrifying which is that's that's par for the course for this director he comes up with awful premises uh that you know they 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 go places so um, the, the lobster the lobster is the premise there is is, is if colin farrell does not find love uh, he will be turned into a lobster it's like what what kind of fucking i mean that story has that? happened yeah, so uh, this this guy has uh, ideas that are out there. So, 
Well, sounds like a game changer. Yeah. I'm just on fire with the uh, transitions here. I don't think you have this one, though. So Game Changer is the uh, new title for the Mighty Ducks series coming to Disney+. Plus. Oh, okay. Emilio's back. Yeah, I, I did see, like, there was some footage, so. Coming March 26th. Emilio oh, takes that's sooner than I thought. The, uh, the ice. Yeah. That's a Disney Plus series, right? Yes. It's a series, not a uh, It movie. is a series. All right. That, that's, it probably works better as that. You know, you could build up the team, have them lose the first four episodes. Yeah. And we'll see. It, it, it'll be uh, probably something I don't watch, but I like to know that Emilio's working. Yeah. I, I think it'll be it'll be like a 5.5 out of 10. That's what yeah. I'm thinking, which... And then we can like, all be like, hey, Emilio! Yeah, exactly. That's what everyone wants to do. All right. Well, so that's March 26th. A week... Before that, though, you're going to get to watch the Zack Snyder Batman. Yes, of course. Or the Justice League. You got to give the full people their, their due here. Whatever. Yeah. That Aquaman. Whew, what a guy. That four hour cut. Director's <laughs> cut is coming out on the 18th of March. So that's a great way to uh, celebrate St. Patrick's Day or the day after St. Patrick's Day, at least have some leftover corned beef. Yeah. I'll finish off some beers. Post up and, on the couch for 15 hours. Yeah. And try to make sense of Jared Leto's Joker uh, returning and why that's necessary. Because it's happening. I just, I mean, this is such like a risky move because this movie better be the best thing we've ever seen. Otherwise, he's on par with like Conor McGregor. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zack Snyder? Yeah. Uh, he's he, he has a new movie coming out uh, with Netflix. He has a sequel to Dawn of the Dead, which I'm interested in. So I think that he's still going to get work. I think it's just called Day of the Dead. It hasn't it's a documentary. It has nothing <laughs> I mean, to they do already made Dawn Day of the, of the Dead. Dead. <laughs> I actually don't know. Maybe it is. No, it was. I think it's called Army of the Dead. So it's not just following off the normal hmm. progression. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably give it a shot, but it's going to take me a week to finish that. Well, I feel they should hire an editor. <laughs> It'd be like four hours. Let's actually. OK, so he had to edit new footage to get to four hours and then let's hire another editor to edit his four hour cut back to two hours and then compare that to the original edit. Mm. That would be fascinating. I like this, though, because this is going to be enough for Tarantino to tell these streaming people, hey, I'm going to make a 15 hour movie strictly about, you know, the great Polish war. And then everyone's yeah. like, okay, yeah, here you go. Well, I mean, yeah, you already saw Scorsese and you're like, yeah, four hours, do it. I think it was like then, 340, right? Yeah. And then uh, Tarantino did do the, uh, the hateful eight. I watched that where he cut that. He recut that into TV episodes. Which would probably be a better way to do that one. Yeah, it, it was it was better. It's because when you get those like long drawn out scenes, those were always work better in TV when you know it's a long drawn out scene in an uh, hour long episode rather than like I still got to watch this whole movie. So, yeah. OK, well, moving on some more. 
Well, I've got another Disney Plus one. Oh, you do? I forgot to mention. Let's hear it. Um, Raya and the Last Dragon. This is finally coming out. This was supposed to come out, I think, around Christmas for Disney as uh, one of their the Disney animation. So non-Pixar Disney animation, which has had kind of a resurgence as of late with like the Frozen series and Moana, although I haven't watched those. Uh, but what's interesting about this is that it's an all Asian cast, much like Mulan, which also came out this or came out in 2020, which is supposed to be a theaters. So th- they had these two movies on the books that were going to be all all Asian casts. You know, what a, what an event. What a great thing for the Asian population. And neither of them are going to end up coming out to real theaters. So this this is uh, coming out March 5th in wherever it can come out. But then also that same same deal as Mulan, where uh, pay pay us nine hundred dollars. You can watch it uh, on Disney Plus. Uh, but I'm sure like a few months later, it will be just out on regular Disney Plus. So hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, move over to HBO Max and tell us about Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's a new one from Taylor Sheridan. That's That excites me. He's the writer behind Sicario, and then he went on to direct Hell or High Water and uh, Wind River, I think it was called. But those are just really cool, atmospheric, uh, modern westerns. Uh, the guy has a good eye for that stuff. Um, so I'm excited about this one. Uh, there's some uh, interesting people in it. in it. Yeah, my favorite, of course, Aiden Gillen, right? Yeah, um, oh, Tyler Perry's in it. That's weird. Yeah, uh, but the guy's two for two so far on movies. Uh, I never watched. He also does the um, Yellowstone, the Costner show. I've heard it's great. I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, that's right up his alley, what, what he's doing already. So it's, And Costner knows how to do modern westerns so it's probably pretty good but but hbo needs a hit because uh their first two of this big uh releasing all their movies to hbo max haven't worked out so wonder woman had bad reviews and now this last one the uh the little things with denzel washington i still plan to watch that one i haven't yet yeah so i wonder if they knew all their movies were not going to be that good and they're like, we got a treat for you. They're free on HBO Max now. Yeah. And people will watch them. Yeah. Well, I mean, hope, hopefully this one, which coming, which is coming in May, is going to be good. Hopefully Godzilla is good. And hopefully... I'm sure Mortal Kombat, Kombat will be a huge hit. And I, I bet you're yeah. looking forward to that Tom and Jerry. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I'm going to watch that still because of Michael Pena. He'll probably have like three good three-minute segments. Yeah. So it'll be worth it for me. But yeah. They, they need something to, to hit. Yeah. All right. Well, those who wish me dead, look for that soon. Uh, we're going to get into what we've been watching. But before we do, that portion of the pod was brought to you by our good friends at the Clipless Leash, formerly known as the Simple Doggy. It's the dog leash you've been waiting for. And uh, for a limited time, you guys can get 65% off simply by plugging in promo code Tony. That is T-O-N-Y upon checkout, and they're going to give you 65% off. One of the coolest, fastest dog leashes you've ever seen. Thecliplessleash.com. It's the dog leash you've been waiting for. All right, Andy, how many things do you have? And as I had mentioned, we both have tenant, so. I only have two other ones. Oh, I only have one other one. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been logging what I've been uh, watching, you know, the whole year. I've watched I watched 18 movies in 31 days of January. Uh, but on, but only 3 of these last week, so. Mm, okay. Well, you uh do your two and then I'll do my one and then we'll close with Tenet. All right, I'll start off with Hacksaw Ridge, which I was able to get on 4K Blu-ray for 7 bucks. Uh, I don't know why I haven't watched this yet. <laughs> it had been on like my watch list forever. It was a Best Picture nominee. This is just uh, where he, Mel- the kid rescues everybody, right? Yeah, he's a conscientious objector. He does not believe in killing people because it's against the Ten Commandments, but he still wants to help out in the war. So uh, he trains as a medic and then goes to war. It's a uh, Mel Gibson director. Yeah, so Mel Gibson, this was his big comeback. Uh, obviously, Mel Gibson's made really good movies, but he's also had some uh, personal issues that uh, drew, drove him away from the industry. Well, he's El Padre. Yeah, but he he, uh, he came back big with this one. He was nominated for, I think he was still nominated for Best Director. The movie was nominated for Best Picture. And weird enough, since then, he really hasn't. I don't think he's had a movie, a big movie. So it was kind of like Ransom a comeback. Two or something. What? He should make Ransom 2. Yeah. He gets did stolen. He, did, did he actually like make the original Ransom? I don't know. But obviously he directed like uh, Braveheart and the... No, Passion Ron Howard Christ. directed that. Oh, okay. Uh, but enough of Mel Gibson. Uh, it's <laughs> Never. It's uh, Andrew Garfield, who was Spider-Man once upon a time, but has done other things. He was the uh, the main character here. And then uh, his father, Hugo Weaving, who I love, you know, the uh, Uh, Agent Smith of the Matrix. Really quick. So Mel Gibson has three upcoming uh, projects he's directing, including The Passion of the Christ Resurrection. No, that sounds fake. (laughs) And The Wild Bunch. These are both slated for 2022. Yeah. The Wild Bunch has Peter Dinklage and... The late great Michael Fassbender. Remember, we were talking about where he's been. <laughs> it's not not late, not at all. But um, and Jim Caviezel's on for uh, Passion of the Christ too. Okay, yeah, but according to this, he has he's not directed a movie since uh, Hacksaw Ridge, but he has appeared in a lot of movies, including, of course, the Christmas classic Daddy's Home too. Yeah, and before that, he hadn't directed since 2006's Apocalypto. Yeah, well, after 2006 is when the the event happened, so that's why he stopped uh, doing uh, movies. But yeah, that's so he's got something that's that's nice. Got something on the books here. I love the Patriot. Of course, it's. I think it's a bad movie, but it's a good movie. You know, it kills uh, Jason Isaacs big time. Yeah. Um. Well, back to Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah. It's it's really good. It was a really good uh, 4K Blu-ray. Good with my new sound system. It was nice to hear bullets behind me and everything. So uh, pretty good. It's hard to say like a war movie is fun, but they, they kind of are. And that's that, that's the point. Uh, he, he, he was a hero. He did go to Japan and participate in the battle and did what he could by basically just dragging people back across so that they can get medical care. And I mean, the whole movie is kind of like that, you know, part in uh, Forrest Gump. Exactly. Yeah. You got to find Bubba. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's your uh, second movie? The second one is uh, Jojo Rabbit. You finally another watched one. This? Yeah. Another one on the list that just finally got around to watching it. 
and it was not as good as Hacksaw Ridge. I'll say that. It's still a good movie. I wanted more out of it. I would not say it's a great movie. It has its moments. It yeah, it's there's plenty of good comedy. I think the best scene by far in that was Sam Rockwell with, running through in his weird gay uh, army outfit. <laughs> no, it was not that. It was the Stephen Merchant as the oh uh, yeah uh, military police guy. <laughs> it was it was great. Um, but there weren't enough like super funny moments, and also when it turns to being more serious, it's not as great as it could be so it's it's an uneven movie i also like when his little friend walks up to him in his new outfit and he's like it's the latest and greatest from our finest scientists yeah it's made of paper his little uh army outfit and then later yeah you see him just ripped to shreds yeah there there is there is good stuff it's it's funny but it's not a straight-up comedy where it's joke after joke after joke so it's yeah and it's got Hitler, so yeah, that it does. He eats like a a unicorn. He has like a unicorn that's like a ham for some reason. I don't remember that. That really threw me off. I was like, "What? What is that make believe?" Represent? Yeah. All right, um, so that wraps up your two, right? Yeah. All right, so I watched on Disney Plus Soul, the uh, cartoon about music and a guy who dies. Uh, almost too soon and then he has to do the stuff with his soul and he becomes a cat and uh yeah it, it was good it was it's jamie fox and i'm realizing that num- uh the soul that he works with is tina fey i didn't know that yes uh one thing i mean so the disney app i think is the strongest app of all of the streaming apps uh it can produce everything in 4k without charging you for it um uh, it has Nat Geo on there, and of the iPhone apps, it's the only one I'm aware of that does picture-in-picture picture right now. Uh, for Hulu, that's like illegal for some reason, uh, so I appreciate that. Um, but the animation's unbelievable. I mean, every year this stuff gets better. I quote, I think James Cameron said in, in a show, he's like, in five years, we're not going to need actors. He was kidding, uh, but animation's is coming very far. Yeah, yeah, that stuff is impressive. So it's enjoyable. I mean, it's uh, about jazz and uh, music and finding the the good in life and all of that. Uh, it was enjoyable. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've talked about Pixar like the last like six weeks. I've been watching a lot of their movies there. Yeah, you can't go wrong with uh, anything of Pixar. Yeah, although I did watch a couple of those uh, shorts that they added. Yeah, that's for kids. Horrible. Talk about the popcorn thing. Yeah, so yeah. I learned really quick. So the first one I watched was Toy Story 4, which was the Key and Peele stuffed animals. Mm-hmm. And it was actually them. And I was like, oh, that was funny. It was a little one-minute clip. And then I watched one that was supposed to be, it was uh, Dory from, from Finding Nemo. Okay. And then Who is, is the fish- Dory Ellen DeGeneres? Yeah, so, you know, not very popular right now, but but still big name. Uh the fish never talked or at least just made like noises and you're like oh they couldn't get ellen and then i went and read like yeah most of these no one talks in them <laughs> because they can't get the voice actors interesting it's like they think that the key and peel one was just cut footage or something or like them like messing around hmm. that never made the movie it's like oh okay yeah not ever i mean feature film wise it's 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 yeah. usually gold yeah all right let's get into 
the uh, final one, the uh, feature of the year, Tenet. Okay. This is this is something. <laughs> Do you have any high level thoughts? Um, have you watched it again? I did. Yeah, I figured you did. Okay, so first off, let's set the stage. We watched this in ultra high def 4K home theater immersed in the sound. And uh, that was wonderful. Um, It's a movie that you have to watch, I think, like three times and then read articles about to fully grasp. I think. Maybe or just not try to get caught up in it. Yeah, and uh, let me also just be clear. I never do that. I just always say, ah, yeah. if you look it up, I'm sure you can understand it. I, I couldn't help myself. And uh, looking it up, I, does, it, it might help a little bit of things. It also just makes some things just worse. So, <laughs> um, But yeah, like just from, from the opening scene, it's like, all oh, right, this guy's a technically great filmmaker. Like... Uh, just like the sound design on everything and how quick everything moves and how beautiful it looks and how realistic it looks like that was an amazing scene. And you're just, you're just thrust into it, not knowing like what's going on. And it's not uh, that important, but it, it was very similar to, of course, the, the scene from the dark Knight, the opening where yeah. you're like, what is this? I don't know what's going on. That's not, yeah. Batman. you even said, all right, Bane's coming out. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's just there's so much of that like just high quality filmmaking where it's like, oh, that's a great that's a great looking shot. And stuff that you see in the trailer where it's like, oh man, look at John David Washington driving that boat. That looks awesome. Um also uh, there was a scene that took place in the Amalfi Coast, which I didn't get. Um, which we watched it in the, the apartment building based on the Amalfi Coast. Oh, so, imagine that. Yeah, pretty interesting, right? It was like we were there. Yeah. Uh, well, not quite. We didn't have that giant yacht. No. So there is a lot of a really big yacht in this movie. So Which is pretty stellar. Yeah. I think it said two helicopter. <laughs> yeah, they had like a carrier garage where they were sliding these things in. Yeah. Um, I mean, from an enjoyment standpoint, it's pretty much all the way through. It is a long movie. Um, but I mean, the one thing that was kind of irritating me and you pointed out as to why they have to do it this way is the back and forth between IMAX and standard film. So the screen goes full screen and then back to, you know, widescreen. Uh, that just kind of bugs me, but it takes me out of the movie for a a quick second while I realize what's going on. And then I'm like, oh, okay, nothing crazy is going to happen here. And then it's also like, oh, it's it's full screen. Something nuts going to happen or it's just, Oh, look at this amazing scene. Yeah. So that's something that, uh, that's really like a Nolan staple at this point. He's one of the only people who, uh, will direct big chunks of his movie in IMAX. So like the, the original dark Knight, I think that scene with the, the Joker bank heist part was like one of the only scenes in full IMAX. But if you go and, and if you're just going to watch on like a regular Blu-ray or like, uh, you know, on Netflix or something like that, you're not going to get that. You got to get that through the the 4K disc, so you're not going to get that perspective or the the aspect ratio change. Uh, but it's it's worth it. You'd rather get to see when when it is great rather than never have it and have it be stable. But it seems like every 
movie he does, there's more of the IMAX scenes that he pushes it just a little bit more. He gets more but, and more money. It's definitely there was a couple scenes uh, where I think it was like phone calls and like it was going back and forth between it. And it was like, oh, that, that's that's doesn't look good, especially because it, there's then there's just other quality differences with like lighting and everything. Yeah. Or it'd be like it'd be like the same scene. But what, this shot was not an IMAX. And then they it from a different angle. Now it is. But one of the reasons is, yeah, IMAX film is so expensive. The other thing is the cameras are fucking massive. So you can't fit it into everywhere. So there's probably like a scene from inside the boat that they oh, couldn't oh, do an IMAX. Set. But if you're from outside the boat, you can. That's my guess. Yeah. One thing I'll also say is who really kind of suffers on this is John David Washington. This was supposed to be his, you know, breakout role. Obviously we've seen him in black Klansmen and things like that ballers, but I think if COVID wasn't around, obviously a whole lot more people would have been able to experience this thing in real, uh, theaters. And, uh, I mean, he's fortunate enough to be Denzel Washington's kid. So everyone knows who he is, but I mean, John David is not if it was just like Duke or something, you'd remember John David. It's a lot. Yeah, I I think this is not going to be like a bust for him, but also wasn't not making him a star like maybe it would have. So, yeah, he does does lose out on this, although I didn't think his performance was great. I think there were some weird issues, but maybe the whole thing is like this because the whole point is this is a guy that's like new to this. But there were some parts where it's like, this guy is weird, doesn't have like full energy. And I, I kind of blame Nolan for this. I don't know if he's great at getting the best performance out of people. I, I don't know. Uh, and the other thing was the, the a lot of complaints about this movie were about the sound mix and that you can't hear dialogue. And I don't think it's necessarily the mix. I think there's just some times where the actor didn't get the words out clear enough and they just were like, good enough, let's go. Yeah, it would have been helpful to have the subtitles on because I remember we were talking about it. I was like, I just thought they were saying like futuristic time travel, reverse words or something. Yeah, so I did watch it with subtitles the second time. Uh, I bet that helped. And yeah, there there are a few things that made more sense. But Mm -hmm. so it's not the like most confusing concept. So like just a high level non-spoiler part of the concept is that uh objects can move their normal state is to move backwards in time into rather than forwards in time. And that concept isn't, isn't that hard. Although there's some weird things about it. Like, well, why would that work like that? But just, you just have to like not try to get caught up in the non real science. But then when they do these scenes where there are objects moving forward in time and backwards in time, uh, that breaks your brain. And if you ever try to actually like get the mechanics down to how that would work, it breaks your brain further. That, that's my uh, take on it is that there's, there's a, a great sequence where there's like a car chase, but one of the cars is actually going backwards in time. And then there's this whole thing. And it's just like, I went to look like, well, how did that work? And it's like, okay, that still doesn't really make sense. It's still very confusing. Yeah. Uh, but just like, don't, don't worry about it. Like there was a car chase and this is what happened. Um, yeah you, and the, you the final sequence as well immerse yourself and okay this is how it works in this world yeah hmm. and then yeah I, I think i don't even know if the the whole time aspect is 
what's so interesting about this movie? I think the, the little middle, middle section that's pretty much just a straight spy movie was pretty good. That was like a middle section of a Bond movie. Yep. And it was good. He, he's in doing fancy people shit. He's getting in with bad guys. It's It was cool. He brought up a good point that he kind of gets all the glory, John David Washington, and he sends Robert Pattinson to do all the legwork and every the grunt work, you know? Yeah, that was interesting to me because the, the trailers made it seem like, you know, Pattinson is the like he's the veteran and he's teaching this rookie about it. But then like that's kind of not the case, but maybe kind of is. And I don't want to get further into it. But yeah, he was he was like his uh, assistant in yeah. a way um, and sending him him to like plan all the heists rather than it's like, I'm just going to do the cool guy stuff and go on the yachts and you yeah. do this. <laughs> you go get my dry cleaning. Yeah. Uh, hmm. I enjoyed it, though, at the end of the day. I mean, it, I, I can't say I like it more than the Batman stuff, but that's more up my alley. But I like Interstellar. I like, you know, Inception, those kinds of movies. But I don't they don't have the f- repeat frequency like Batman does for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's It's definitely low on my list of Nolan movies. It's still good, but it's like. Like I'd say I'd give it like a seven rather than a nine or a 10 or something. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like he, he's really obsessed with this concept of time, even from, from the beginning with uh memento, which was a movie out of time mm-hmm. and then Dunkirk, which is a movie on different time scales. And it's like, and he's, he's obsessed with the, with the idea, but he makes movies that when they don't have that part of it, that are really good too. So yeah, like the prestige is a really good movie and it really doesn't have any like crazy parts to it. I mean, there's, it's about magic and stuff, but it's just kind of a normal movie. And obviously the Batman's are the whole point of the Batman's is that Batman's a ridiculous character, but let's actually try to ground it and make it real. And yeah, exactly. It's going to be like some of the most long lasting movies that have ever been made. So, um, He's still a great filmmaker, and I'm sure he'll continue to put out great output. Maybe not for Warner Brothers anymore, but... We'll see. I'm sure they'll, they yeah. probably bought him that yacht or something. <laughs> um, do you want to talk a little spoilers here, just at the end here? Sure. All right. I'll try to, like, maybe reveal something to you. I don't know. Um, all right. So if you don't want to be spoiled, you can uh, log off here, and we'll see you later. Okay, you ready? Let's hear it. Yeah, so uh, the whole people being sent back in time or being put in reverse, that threw me because I didn't know that was going to happen from that first introduction of it where it's like these bullets are going backwards. I thought that was going to be the entire thing. Did you you think they were going to send the people? (laughs) See, the only reason I thought that is I, I think seeing in the trailers and pictures everyone wearing those breathing masks. Okay. Yeah. I just assumed it was like, well, that's gotta be something with them going back in time or however they do it. Yeah. So yeah, it was always it was an interesting concept that they're not really, they're not going back in time. Like doc Brown, they are going living time, like the normal scale of time, but it's actually going in reverse. So it's, it's fascinating that if you want to go back two weeks in time, you wait two weeks and that's, that's what happens in this movie. But you think about like all the, do they 
constantly do that. There's like theories about the Pattinson character because it's like so it's it's kind of clear that sometime after the end of the movie, John David Washington goes back and basically sets the entire operation up. And that was something I got from from the subtitle. They kept talking about the the pincer movement, and it didn't help that everyone had a weird accent. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're basically saying that for that operation, you you have one team going forward in time and one team going backwards in time, and then they basically brief each other on what happened. So then, but then that's where the time stuff gets all fucked up for me. Is that they're that that way the team going forwards has already been briefed by the team that went backwards and gets to change their behavior. But the team going backwards have, has already seen their change of behavior because that was going to happen already. And you just get lost into like that whole causal effects yeah, part of it. And it's I'm like, oh gone my God. already. They even, they even talk about it. The, the grandfather paradox where if you went back in time to kill your grandfather, would it happen? Because then you wouldn't exist to kill your grandfather. And it's like, Okay. Uh, yeah, I don't want to think too much about that stuff. There's a lot of time travel movies already that deal with that kind of stuff. Um, but there's the one scene that I tried, I still cannot make sense of. It is such hard. Like, I understand what they're doing, but the, like breaking my brain. And that is the the car chase, but then the end of it. Do you remember he gets like captured and interrogated? Yeah. But he's getting interrogated by Kenneth Branagh who's going in reverse. And then it shows at the end of their interrogation, him going forward, he then that's hits hits him with the gun and it's like, where's the thing? And then he's forced to go into the, like the little portal thing and then start going backwards in time. So really from the bad guy's perspective, the first time he interrogated him was when he hit him in the back of the head. But then there's the whole thing where he just immediately shot the girl. But it was like, so basically the guy had to figure out like, oh, the bullet's there. The bullet hole's there. She's already going to be shot, which means he already shot her before I told him. But it was like, it was like insane trying to like do the mechanics of that, like in my head. And then I wa- I saw a lot. I looked at a diagram someone drew <laughs> of how all that worked, because then in in that in the bad guy's timeline, he has not yet done the car chase because that happened backwards in time. <laughs> so then after he then shoots the the girl. In that interrogation room, that's when he goes back into the car and does the car chase and goes to intercept the, you know, whatever thing he needs. And it's like, what? What the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, I'm gone here. Oh, my God. And then the one other weird, confusing thing that I thought about after the second watch was the whole like thing he needed to get because he needed to get all eight pieces together and that would allow him to end the world. Yeah. And the whole thing is, well, then he wants to go back to a time he was happy and end the world then. Um, and so in that, that there was a whole thing where the, the beginning opera scene where he first tries to steal the last piece uh-huh. happens at the same time as the explosion in Russia, which is when he seals up the eighth piece. Ah. Um. So then I thought, like, well, we know that that piece exists in the opera house. How does it also exist in the, you know, abandoned city in Russia, ready to get sealed in time so that the future people can kill us all? And it's like, what? Like, yeah, we I- already know we already know it existed. 
in the opera house at the same time it existed in this but they said it, there's no new timelines and it's like i don't get it <laughs> it's like uh, god because the whole thing is you have to do ha- everything that you saw already happened because that's what is going to happen so then it happened and that's why at the end robert patson had to go and still unlock the door and get killed because we already saw that he unlocked the door and got killed it's like I just this. <laughs> it's like all right. Well, it's cool. That, that whole the whole end scene was nonsense to me. The whole action scene at the end. It was extravagant. <laughs> like there was, I I tried to figure it out, and I don't think people even could figure it out. There was a scene where both teams launch a rocket at a building at the same time, but they're going in different directions in time, so they have to like sync it up. Which is not really explained, but that may, must have been part of their like briefing, mm. where it's like, okay, at the five minute mark, you will aim a rocket at the bottom of the building, and I will aim at the rocket at the top, and therefore the building will never exist because we blew it up going backwards, but we also blew it up going forward. And it's like, what? What? Yeah, what? it's like a car crash. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, man! But there, there was a neat thing. Uh, that that whole the whole team basically I forgot what they they're they're tenant that's that's what tenant means that's like the team that knows how about all the time shit and how basically they don't they don't tell anyone anything right that's their whole like motto is that we only give you limited information so that you don't really know what's going on and it can't be used against us in the future and stuff mm-hmm. and I thought that was interesting there was when they're doing the briefing and a guy's like. They ask like any questions about this, and he's like, "So why? What are we doing for this?" And the guy's like, "You don't need to know." He's like really mean about it, and it's like, "Oh, I understand that now." They're basically telling him, "You can't know any. You only know the part of the plan that you should know. Otherwise, because it could put everyone else at risk." Yeah. Well, also, uh, no, no, no. I killed the bus driver. Yeah. (laughs) It's the Joker. Yeah. He. Everyone had their own little plan. You kill uh, number three. Yeah. You kill number you get, four. You only get told the part of the plan you need to know. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that was a movie. It was uh, a bit of a headache, but an enjoyable one. Yeah. The the other part that I think, and this is not a like, spoiler part of it, it's just that I don't think it you actually needed the whole thing. He's like, I need people to see it in the theaters. It was definitely good. I'm glad we got to see it in a in a good format like that that was close closer to the theaters than watching it on you know Netflix at your home on an older TV but i don't think it was like that much of a spectacle that you needed the theater i mean come on he's going to make more money with people see it in theaters yeah. than he is in i think he's just being a baby DVD. i think he's being a baby yeah <laughs> well, he's an artist that's what they're yeah. all about all right well we're ready to wrap it up here yeah, that was that was a good discussion. Yeah, so go check out Tenet. Get uh, your yeah. mind blown. Yeah, All right, well, it's, you, it's everywhere right now. You can yeah, just rent you, it. What? You can just rent it. Yeah, it's for like been six available bucks. For a month. Well, you've been listening to episode 204 of the Tony's Take podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. We'll see you later.